0: Hello, and welcome to the sesquicentennial of Pop Culturally Deprived, the what? where each week we... <laughs> say it again? <laughs> sesquicentennial? I Bravo. think is how you say that. Bravo. It's all right? All right. <laughs> For those of you not in the know, that means this is episode 150 of Pop Culturally Deprived. Did you ever think we would get to 150? No.
1: When no. We, when we were hitting 50, it's like, oh... Not sure there's much more we can do. or quake it, you know.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. So here we are, where each week we watch a movie that one of us has never seen before. And we talk about the good, the bad, and the jean shorts. So this week, we are going to be talking about Eclipse on your Doesn't He Own a Shirt podcast. <laughs> I'm Mandy Kay, and you can find me on Twitter at Mandy Kay. If you still want to marvel at everything I haven't seen, even though this was not one of them.
1: And I'm Matthew Vose. I haven't seen the Twilight films, and we're about to have a discussion about what the Twilight films are called. You can find me on Twitter at Matthew Vose. So this is not just called Eclipse.
0: No, this is the Twilight Saga. The Twilight
1: Saga? Eclipse. Yes. Really? Really?
0: They only did that for the movies.
1: It feels like...
0: The book is just called Eclipse.
1: That that is fair. That is fair. It it feels like this should be the second. I feel like New Moon is a better title than Eclipse. And certainly in this one, Eclipse does not mean anything to the plot. She just likes her sort of dark moon kind of references. Maybe. Okay.
0: I like... The progression, I think, that the the titles are, because it's Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, and then Breaking Dawn. And so it's just like a progression, a growth, and I kind of feel like that's what's happening with the story. Okay. Because I know we've talked about in, in previous uh, episodes about Twilight, where it, it's not really four separate stories. It's like one long story that we've oh, just kind of yeah. got individual pieces mm. of. Um, and I like that. I like that a lot. Coming from someone who's not read the books and who's only watching the movies, I can see where that might be problematic. Mm. But before we get into properly talking about this movie, Mm. I wanted to take a minute and do some proper Patreon shout-outs, because we have promised that we would do that for folks who support us.
1: Absolutely, for our wonderful, wonderful patrons.
0: Yes. This month, or this week... We only have three to shout out because this reward requires that you guys tell us which show you would like to hear your name on. And most of you have not told me, even though I've asked. (laughs) So I'm kind of shaming you a little bit, which I shouldn't be because you're awesome and you support us. But we want to make sure that we thank you on the show that you most identify and relate to that you listen to. So if you're listening to this, it's probably PCD, but, you know, we have other shows under the eloquent gushing banner, so please let us know uh, which show you would like us to say thank you on.
1: So, we are saying thank you to Rachel, we're saying thank you to Abby, and we're saying thank you to Moo Podcasts. Moo. Moo. That was Moo Podcasts, <laughs> yeah. not anyone else.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. They're now so- all Pokemon,
1: so, Abby, Abby...
0: I don't get it.
1: Because Pokemon, the noise of Pokemon makes us the name of the Pokemon?
0: I didn't know that.
1: Okay. So so Moo M- Podcast know makes the sound moo. And, and Abby makes the sound Abby. And Rachel is like, probably like a bird, like, Rachel!
0: <laughs> Rachel! <laughs> okay. Well...
1: Thanks, guys. Yes.
0: So, thank you. Um, and if your name was not listed and you are a supporter, we would love to say thank you to you. So please just reach out and tell us which show, if it's PCD or Desire Made Real or Worth the Calories, Cross the Eraverse.
1: Southern Fried Pop Let Culture, us know. <laughs> the other one. Yes,
0: but it may be a little while before we we get okay. You know, some of those done, but that's okay. That's okay. So, the Twilight Saga.
1: Mm. we're back on this trip
0: we are back on this trip and i'm excited because i love them (laughs) i do i can't help it so will you tell everybody what eclipse is about
1: uh eclipse Uh, some joke about eclipses i don't know uh bella is still being hunted by the person from two films ago the vampires and werewolves team up to try to stop her attempts okay I couldn't remember what happened.
0: How long ago did you watch it?
1: Two days.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Because
1: okay. hmm. I don't think much happens, TBH.
0: So this is the movie where Bella and Edward get engaged.
1: <laughs> yeah, which, like, he asked her to marry him at the end of the last one, so... But she said No. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into that in a minute. She didn't
0: agree until this one. Yeah. All right. So some quick production information. Eclipse is the third installment of the Twilight Saga adapted from the book of the same name by Stephanie Meyer. It was released in June of 2010, and the original cast returned with one exception. The character of Victoria was recast from Rachel Lefebvre to Bryce Dallas Howard. Jodel Ferland, Xavier Samuel, Julia Jones, and Boo Boo Stewart were all additions to the cast. Melissa Rosenberg, who wrote the adaptations for both Twilight and New Moon, returned for this movie. But David Slade was brought on to direct as post-production of New Moon overlapped with shooting for Eclipse. Eclipse was the first Twilight film to be released in IMAX, and just as New Moon did, it broke the record for the biggest midnight opening in the U.S. and Canada, grossing $30 million. It then became the biggest Wednesday release in history, grossing $69 million. Ultimately, it went on to return almost $700 million on a $68 million budget. At one point, Fandango was reporting that uh, Eclipse was making up like 80% of their ticket sales.
1: Well done, Eclipse. Eclipse
0: yeah this was a phenomenon
1: more so than the others w- was there any reason why this was the one people were excited about
0: um i think it was just growing just like each harry potter movie was okay. subsequently bigger than the one before it's just people were getting on the bandwagon right oh,
1: interesting okay I-, I wasn't sure if there was like a um you know thing in the plot everyone was particularly excited about i would imagine that's probably in the last film they're all like, ah, can't wait until we get to X. I don't know. Okay, good.
0: So, Matthew, this is the third movie in the Twilight Saga that we have done. Do you own these yet? No, oh, they are
1: still on Netflix. Havar, <laughs> yay for Netflix.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. I do still own them, so mm-hmm. that's how I watch them. Um, but they should be available either on Netflix or Hulu or, or somewhere.
1: imagine someone has it. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes. I didn't check. I was just making an assumption. <laughs> yeah.
0: Matthew, did you enjoy Eclipse?
1: Uh, no. I mean, I okay. can't really remember it. It right, just okay. seemed to happen.
0: Okay. So I feel like each movie has subsequently gotten worse for you. Do
1: you feel yeah, like that's accurate? I, I, I feel like, yeah, if I had to try to put any of it into words, this was even thinner and in some ways this felt like the first movie just now we can talk about the werewolves as well like although it's okay. not it's not got the whole revelations about the vampires and figuring out what Edward is and blah, 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 blah but it's still mm-hmm. there are vampires in the area who are potentially going to be dangerous bella ends up being the one most in trouble and they need to have a fight and protect her but now we have the layer on top of that of the vampire werewolf thing and the Edward Jacob thing okay but at its core it was kind of like I think we've seen this. I don't feel like the world's getting anywhere anymore. Okay. Am I missing something?
0: No, I actually think that's fair, particularly okay. given having only seen the movies. I do think that's fair. But I think for people who are enamored with the relationship, mm-hmm. it's just more of that relationship. And so it's good.
1: Yeah, I, I think, and, and that's something I've dug in the previous, episodes, previous movies is like, I mean, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart are very good actors. They Mm -hmm. have actually fairly good chemistry. I think works. I like the counter of Taylor Lautner. I I, I think he was shown up in this movie as not as strong as the other actors. That thing in the last one, they were thinking of recasting him and not sure he could pull it off. I think he struggled with this one, but put some of that to the writing of Jacob, which takes a left turn here. (laughs) Yeah. So so that core is there, and and there is something to it. If this was just more of a sort of romance love story with vampires and werewolves, it it might work. It might be kind of interesting, but because it's in that genre setting, it feels the need to go to fantasy action and have the, like, oh, we're being hunted, we need to train, and we need to take them down, and we need to have macho staring contests and stuff, rather than just be a kind of core romance with other considerations going on.
0: I feel like you would have enjoyed the book much, much more.
1: Mm. Is it different? This one didn't have much about differences.
0: It is. I think the book the book expands the world in so many ways okay. that this movie glosses over. Um I know one of the things that you want to talk about is well, it was in your notes, I think you had questions about Brie Tanner. Mm. Like so before I say anything else, what are your thoughts on, on this character, having only seen the movie?
1: I feel like she's a thing. Like there was a spin-off, or she's the girl from The Host, or there's something about her that's like she's a thing in the Twilight universe, that she's only yes. referenced here, but this is setting up a, a little bit like in Harry Potter, they've got the books from Eddie Redmayne's character's name, <laughs> and then suddenly they turn that into a whole series of movies. <laughs>
0: Um, well, it's, it's not quite that large, no, but it is, there is a spinoff novella called The Short Second Life of Brie Tanner. Okay. Um, that shows us the events of her life from, we learn about her life, um, how she got turned and then she was not a vampire for very long. She was turned and then they did this whole army thing and then the Volturi killed her. But you kind of get all of that from her perspective.
1: Okay, nice. Hmm.
0: But... In Eclipse itself, you got a lot more from her perspective as well. Like, Eclipse is not, it's not just Bella's point of view. And so you get a lot more, you see, um, you get more of Bree's story in the Mm. book itself. You, you see that she is struggling with, um, you remember, I'm sure, that Bella's blood is, so powerful to all of the vampires for some reason, right? They all want her for some reason. Well, Brie experiences this too, but it's remarkable because she's able to control herself. Like, she is not out of control like all of the rest of the newborns are. She is controlling herself, which is how she is able to actually surrender to Carlisle and Esme, Mm -hmm. which you don't actually see in this. You see Carlisle and Esme see a child, and all of a sudden they're like, She's fine. She's not going to hurt anybody. Okay, you know, and and so you kind of get to see how remarkable it is that she has that control, and there is something about her. Um, uh-huh. And then you get to to experience more of the tragedy of the Volturi choosing to kill her anyway.
1: Yeah, so that's that's kind of the surprising bit of it that what it felt like they were doing was adding someone to the clan. Which would have right. been a really nice thing. Like, and, and especially someone who is even more of a newbie than Bella in some ways. Mm-hmm. That would have been an interesting power dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. and then suddenly they didn't. And they were like, Oh, right. oh yeah, no, she's dead. Okay. Let, let's yeah. fade to black. Cool, 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 cool. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and in addition to that, there's also more of the werewolf pack dynamics because it's kind of a big deal that Leah's a werewolf. She's a girl but they don't address that at all in this movie.
1: No, I'd forgotten that was a thing, actually. That's very fair.
0: They gloss over the whole, um, like, the werewolf telepathy. Like, Mm -hmm. they mentioned it a little bit about how Leah is always bitter because she was in love with Sam, and then Sam's with, can't remember her name, the other one that he imprinted on. Okay. Um, Sarah. So, like, but they gloss over that, and it's much more prominent. Like, it's actually delved into and explained, and so you feel like the world building is much more significant in the book. Okay. Like, you get motivations, and you kind of... It's not just Bella and Edward, and it's not just Victoria hunting Bella, which is kind of what she got in the movie.
1: Are you So you're, I think, trying to set up that I should read the books.
0: I've tried to tell you that every time. Right,
1: okay. Given that we're coming up to Christmas, you know, if you really want me to, <laughs> there's your thing. um what you've made me think is the film kind of it feels like it's doing a lot of that setup work Chekhov's whatevers that are gonna pay off somewhere and the only one that i can think actually paid off was the story about the woman who had no power but by cutting herself she had power and helped them win which was like Mm. So obvious that that was what Bella was going to do. It just felt so, oh good. I'm really glad we've taken time to show us this story of what is literally coming in this film. This sort of fight. <laughs> good, 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 good. But we had a lot of time in this film with them getting to know some of the vampires. Mm-hmm. One of the girls and one of the guys, I think we got their backstories and we got the kind of tragedy of becoming a vampire, which is, yes. which is really interesting because You know, we've talked about this being a a sort of the next step on from Anne Rice, who started writing vampires as tragic more than Mm -hmm. monstrous or whatever the other one was. And then moving through to the kind of modern way that had uh, what the films I talked about, things like Only Lovers Left Alive with Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston, who've lived for centuries and what they have to deal with, that kind of thing so hearing about their backgrounds as vampires hearing that they are uncertain whether being a vampire is the right thing or a good thing or something you should want to do um and and having all the time that edward talks about how terrible it is being a vampire it feels like they're setting up either they're going to cure vampirism somehow or they're going to die but it's actually going to be a satisfying release I, I'm wondering if it's just being done for ambiance, maybe. You know, this is what is, you know, it, as and when it happens to Bella. Because, frankly, if they don't fire that Chekhov's gun, of she's going to become a vampire at some point, I'm going to be very annoyed <laughs> if we've had all of this and she doesn't become a vampire. Um,
0: oh, that's amazing.
1: But it, it really feels like there's more to it if we're going to spend all of this time on these characters doing this stuff. But mm-hmm. in film three... And I was amazed in this that we didn't have some sort of we can remove the vamp effect from you and you can become mortal again.
0: Well, this is not Blade.
1: No. But (laughs) like that is, you know, as we've seen, part of the vampire mythology is transitioning to and from humanity. Mm -hmm. Is she doing it just for that vibe of, oh, it's not the life. It's not, you know, forever living and it's not as exciting as you think it should be.
0: I think she's just doing it to show depth in the vampire world because they don't all feel the same way that Rosalie and Edward do. Okay. Like I'm pretty sure Emmett loves being a vampire. Alice seems to love being a vampire.
1: Okay. Um, hang we on. don't
0: get their stories as as much. Right. You don't remember who's who Yeah, live.
1: so I know who Edward is. <laughs> <laughs> I th-
0: you know who bella edward and jacob are and that's it
1: and right? I, I only just know who jacob is because they started referring to him as jake <laughs> <It's a laughs> oh moony, my god utterly. your notes
0: on that were <laughs> hilarious
1: <laughs> I, who's jake <laughs> is that the dude who threw up in the cinema
0: no that was mike
1: Go, oh, oh, good 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 <laughs>
0: so alice is mm. the the little one um who can see the future
1: okay right
0: and emmett is the see the big the dude. dude who he's the big dude my yes. monkey man yes
1: <laughs> yes i like him
0: yes he's the monkey man okay um
1: uh, who was jasper that one you said? rosalie i
0: well i said i said alice and emmett in mm. that one those are the two that seem to enjoy being vampires yep. rosalie is the blonde
1: and she was the one who told the story about Mm -hmm. taking revenge when she became a vampire
0: yes okay um so so far we've really only seen i mean we got jasper's story but Mm -hmm. he doesn't seem to regret being a vampire no we just Mm -hmm. got his story to use as um a teachable moment for newborns more than anything
1: yeah i feel like a big chunk of his story was he did regret it because he was under someone's thrall and being made to do stuff, but it was being part of the clan. So maybe that's right. that's what the vibe she's trying to set up is how this family are good, mm-hmm. even if vampires are monstrous. Maybe she's realized, like, oh, I'm writing the monsters as my heroes. I need to make them heroic <laughs> somewhere.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe. So, Well, I have a question for you, though, because well, this is – they did spend a lot of time – Explaining kind of Rosalie's bleak outlook on life as a vampire, like mm-hmm. how she didn't choose it, she doesn't want it, she doesn't want it for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if you were turned, you would feel the same way? No. Or would you be more like uh, immortality? Vlad and Diego from Yeah, You in the Shadows.
1: Think of all the movies I could watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you
1: know, <laughs> I would be amazing at Halo and Legendary, frankly.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Especially if you sparkle. If the daylight thing isn't a thing anymore, brilliant.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay.
1: They didn't sparkle. Yeah, I, I
0: think uh, Edward did a little bit. Uh, most of the time, they weren't in direct sunlight. They showed it when they were in the meadow. There was some sparkling. He
1: was not sparkling. They were in direct sunlight in the meadow. He was not sparkling. They have, I, There were I, sparkles. I think because it got so ridiculed, I wonder if they turned it down
0: there were sparkles there were not. it just wasn't as sparkly
1: <laughs> like maybe as a snapchat filter but mm. <laughs> so would okay. you tell me your take on vampirism
0: i found it fascinating because rosalie had this line about how because she's a vampire they're stuck never changing mm-hmm. and i feel like that's a very bad way to look at it physically yes that's true But when you can live for centuries, you absolutely, your personality can change, your intellect can change, like, your morals can change, your philosophy on life can change, like, everything can change whenever you get to live that long. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like she's missing out on happiness because she wants to pout, honestly. Like, I like Rosalie as a character, Mm -hmm. more so once we get to Breaking Dawn. Okay. But in... I don't understand her disdain for being a vampire, honestly. And I, I find it interesting that she mm. chooses to live the life that she does, that, that she chooses to follow the Cullen way of life, given when she was turned, the first thing she did was go on a revenge bender. So if if the first thing she did mm. was seek out revenge and kill humans, she doesn't want to be a vampire Why would she just not embrace that and just go do whatever she wants?
1: And it's almost a shame. It feels like there is something in that that would work with the stuff Edward says about, you know, Bella's too young. Bella needs to live a human life before becoming a vampire because it's better than being a vampire. Mm
0: -hmm. You could
1: almost have used Rosalie as, you know, she was turned before she really had control of her emotions. And it's always been... That she can't mm. handle what it is because she wasn't mature enough when it happened. Something like that. A little bit like we saw with what we do in The Shadows and Interview with the Vampire. The people who were turned when they're children. So they right, might mature, right, but yeah. they're always children. So it's...
0: Yeah. Well, the age thing is interesting because they did choose to have Brie as a character. And Brie was mm-hmm. 16 when she was turned.
1: She did not look 16. I mean, I mean... She looks 12. Yeah, the girl playing it. And that might be why I was watching that scene going, wait, 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 what? Because she's the sort of young one in a show called Dark Matters. Dark Matter? Dark something? Okay. So I was just watching going, I know her. I know her from something. (laughs) Yeah. so it might just be the the actress has a very young mm. look to it, and, and again, she does. It would have been really interesting to have that as a comparison, as bring her in and actually mm. Bella's sort of teaching her a bit about vampirism, mm-hmm. as well as going through yeah, sort of mature that growing up. Absolutely mm.
0: really nice, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that would have been
1: nice. Yeah, we ain't getting that. Uh, so, Jacob, we mentioned Jacob. S- Again, oh, see, even as we're talking, it, it, it would work really well if you did this really heavily as sort of teen drama coming-of-age stories. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, in this, takes a left turn into being an ass town. Um, oh God, he does. The yeah. town is called being an ass. Welcome to being an ass. You are now leaving <laughs> being an ass. Thank you for your stay. Um, <laughs> he... You know, he he kisses her when she keeps saying, no, he's just a little... He told her that
0: he would rather her be
1: dead. Yeah, than be a vampire. Yeah. Yeah, weird. And and it was really interesting as we were watching it, because I was just watching it and going, you know, Twilight, it's, you know, which boy does she like the most? and Uh, And Catherine actually said she can see where Edward's coming from in this. Because, yeah, this guy who is actively saying, I do not like Edward, you shouldn't be with him is rocking up and saying, hey, jump on my bike, let's go ride off. And she rides off with him. Like, yeah, if I was Edward, I'd be pretty, yeah. pretty annoyed at that point. That's a very fair point.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I, I found it interesting that I, I felt like they switched places a little bit. Mm. I mean, because we, we've talked previously in both uh, Twilight and New Moon about Edward's controlling slash abusive nature.
1: Mm. Which is still there. there. Was still mm-hmm. It is yep. still
0: there. It, it's less... Um, and, and there was more of while he tried, he also recognized he can't make her do things. I asked you to stay in the car, would you? Of course not. Like, he did acknowledge that in this one. Okay. Um, and so it came much more across as he was really just trying to protect her, not control her, Mm -hmm. I think. But suddenly we've got Jacob all of, all of a sudden being really towing that line of abusive Mm -hmm. like physically kissing her very hard when she has said no resulting in her punching him
1: yeah and he doesn't roll with the punch so she hurts herself if he had taken it and and flinched back it wouldn't have hurt her so much right Mm.
0: it it's it's infuriating i think i feel like i didn't feel that angry about him in the book okay and then i do in the movie and i can't remember why like i don't know if the differences are significant enough or if i was just in a different place when i read the book because i was much younger mm. and i thought it was romantic is there some I, i'm of it, not sure
1: like it's interesting you saying some of it is from his not it's not all in bella's perspective because i feel like you've said in previous books it was and i and come
0: and, yeah, no absolutely in previous books it, it was mm. Twilight and New Moon. I believe both were entirely Bella's point of view. Mm-hmm. I don't believe Eclipse was because I feel like we do get Bree's perspective. I feel like we do get I um, mean, because we see I'm pretty sure we do see Riley and Victoria's perspective. OK, I could be making that up. It's been a while since I've read it. It's been a while. <laughs> but I think the the point of view shifts right okay In an eclipse mm. and the world gets bigger and i think that's why I, I i keep saying the world got bigger in eclipse and you don't see that in the movie mm. and i wonder if that's why
1: i i think that would make it work much better like I, and I think this is a conversation we've had each time about how bella is not a great protagonist she actually doesn't do anything in the story even in this one it's the same situation she doesn't really do anything Um, and, and to the extent there's a lot of times when she says stuff, people ignore her, they argue with her, they push her down. It's, it's almost infuriating that our protagonist is so sidelined a lot of the time. And yeah, yeah, I can imagine in the book getting to hear a bit more from other people's point of view, getting to understand some of their sentiments, some of their thinking would strengthen it. It's almost a shame because what you actually want to happen is for Bella to be strengthened. Right. Hmm.
0: You know, I could be wrong. It could have been told completely through Bella's point of view. I just don't remember.
1: Maybe it's
0: wishful thinking.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's a a, a real shame about Jacob. And if they're going to go down that route, give us some sort of thing for it. Talk to us about how he is still a teen, he is still learning to deal with the world and understand, and he's now got this power, and he's having to make decisions whether he's an alpha and what he does in the, the his clan, his pack, mm-hmm. in the midst of this girl who he keeps saying loves him. She doesn't. I, I mean, he's seeing stuff that isn't there, frankly.
0: She loves him as a brother. Well,
1: yeah, exactly. Yes.
0: She's not in love with him. It's not a romantic love. No.
1: And, and... You could even do a story where she doesn't know how to tell him that, and it could work. And you can have all this interesting stuff showing all these different people at different stages in their sort of childhood, teenagehood, learning to deal with the world, even if they are vampires, and talk about coming-of-age stories in it. Mm -hmm. But the story they want to tell is Bella and Edward getting married, getting engaged, and Victoria hunting them.
0: Yeah. And a little bit of the Volturi
1: yeah, an absolute smidge of the Volturi. Yeah. Mm.
0: That's, that's just, it's just world building. Yeah.
1: And and even there, you could have done a really interesting thing of, because Brie is special, mm-hmm. one of the reasons they can't be allowed to have Brie join their clan is because it makes their clan stronger. And the Volturi mm-hmm. don't want clans that are too strong.
0: Right. Possible right.
1: challenges, that kind of thing. You, you know, there's, there's things you could do to just take us on the journey that was very much no she can't be allowed to live yeah Papa.
0: i actually felt honestly though i felt like the decision to kill her was just because jane enjoys
1: pain mm. and torture mm.
0: and being evil mm. which dakota fanning plays way too well she's really
1: good at it yeah <laughs> she is really I good at it. Her on screen is she is the one who is playing her age up she feels so much more mature than she was because I knew it was Dakota mm-hmm. Fanning. We talked about it last time, and I'm still sat there going, "No, I need to check. That's not Dakota Fanning. That's someone like but it was. Where, that's that's an Anna Kendrick sort of age. You know, it's Olivia Wilde or someone. She's right, really right. good.
0: Yeah, mm. no, she's she's fantastic. Okay, I have another question for you.
1: Okay, go. Cool. Oh,
0: we hinted at this a little bit in New Moon, but this was the movie where it was actually. Revealed that Edward believes that you lose your soul when you become a vampire. Okay. And so, do you think that finally understanding how he feels about that particular aspect, feeling that he's damned for life, that other vampires are damned, does that redeem any of his behavior for you in this or previous films, particularly around not wanting to turn Bella and not, and like putting those stipula- stipulations on her? does it make a difference or do you just not care
1: i mean i don't care hugely tbh okay. <laughs> um, but i can understand it from his reluctance to turn her and being concerned for her in that way that's fine I, it doesn't forgive his actions as creepy stalkery <laughs> and, okay, and right. the, the crazy suicide thing at the end of the last film
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I've been told one thing by one person that's not the complete information. I shall crush my phone. <laughs> um, All right. It's really hard because we don't necessarily see the difference. There is this thing that the newbies will settle down. Are, mm-hmm. are they called newbies? Newborns. Newborns. That's better. Okay. I was like, newbies are rubbish term for it. <laughs> Newborns. Um, so, again, it would have been good to have kept a newborn and to see, like, you can get through it. You can go back to a semblance of civilization of maturity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: okay this is also the book where we are introduced to the idea of imprinting Do you have any yes
1: about that? well that's interesting that we talked about a thing for ages and then nothing happened with it mm. i wonder if we're going to see some imprinting at some point <sighs>
0: okay <laughs> So we'll talk about that maybe I, in the next well, one.
1: Well, yeah, I can I, I can appreciate she's laying things down that she's going to pick up later. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I feel like she's not aware she's necessarily laying some stuff down. Like I say, things about turning vampires back to humans. I've got a feeling isn't going to come, but it just feels like that's what they're setting up. We'll see. Okay. Um. And there's a few other bits in in these things that you think, oh, you, you could take that to this step. You could take that to this step, but you don't. The fact there was this long thing, I think on two occasions talking about imprinting and what it means, that then came to nothing. It's like, okay, they want that to be something. I just... And part of that's because I've been told stuff that comes, but just...
0: (laughs) I don't want you to know these things.
1: Okay, well, we'll we'll cut that out and pretend I haven't said it. (laughs)
0: No. I... Well, honestly, I think part of it, though, was also trying to... Counter Jacob's argument that he's the right one for Bella when it's clear they have not imprinted. Hmm. He has not imprinted on Bella. We know that. Yeah. And so for them to introduce that idea for us to see Sam and I cannot remember her name. I don't know why I can't remember her name. It's not Sarah. Sarah. It's not Sarah. (laughs) Sarah. No, I don't know what her name is.
1: Sandra.
0: I'm pretty sure it does not start with an S. (laughs)
1: silent m (laughs) anyway (laughs) good good, good, i mean i
0: think it was just that that juxtaposition to continue to show the audience that jacob and bella aren't meant to be together because jacob is a werewolf Werewolf's imprint jacob has not imprinted on bella no i maybe i don't know Maybe she wasn't that smart when she was writing, but that's what it felt like to me.
1: Yeah, I I yeah, it's it's she is putting an axe up on a wall and saying, Hey, I hope that axe doesn't cut anyone in act three. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Lads? Alright.
0: <laughs> Alright. Was there anything in this movie that you liked?
1: Uh I mean I like Kristen Stewart. And having just seen Charlie's Angels as well. <laughs> i really like kristen stewart i want to see so much more of her films um but her
0: wig was so bad
1: i could not tell you i have no idea what her wig was like there there is also something having just seen charlie's angels going wow she was young when she did these films
0: oh yeah yeah Yeah, she looks
1: very different uh her opening lines (laughs) now i'd had a couple of drinks when i sat down to watch this i will admit just so we're okay. we're all on the same page with this. Um, and her opening lines, some say the world will end in fire, some say in ice. But from what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those that favour fire. It felt like she was either going to, you know, be sat by a fire with some sort of fiery whiskey. Mm, it's <laughs> Santori time. You yeah, know, something like that. Or it's the introduction from like a lounge singer. Right, So I yeah. bring you fire. <laughs> you know, something like that.
0: So even though you're making fun of it, you really liked it?
1: It made me laugh. It was just so... And I think this is a holdout from... You know, the fact they've opened the other things with her doing an opening monologue, maybe quoting mm-hmm. something, that kind of thing. So I think it was Romeo and Juliet last time. Mm-hmm. So I think they're trying to continue that a bit. Okay. I, yeah. I'm not sure it works in this. It feels hyper melodramatic which sort of fits the media yeah yeah maybe um okay i still like the wolf effects i love that they just become wolves
0: yeah great
1: really good um they're
0: huge ass wolves too like did you notice though that like the perspective is not always the same no yeah like sometimes they're like normal wolf size and sometimes like they're taller than people
1: princess mononoke size absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, but it's good because so many times they do this thing of, oh, it's agony and it's painful and it's bones breaking and stretching and, it, you, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Buffy effects, the American werewolf in London, the what we do in the shadows effects. No, in mm-hmm. this, they just become wolves and they're done and they can fight. Yeah, it's, good. it's
0: actually it's like a reverse dusting effect Mm -hmm. because when you see them jump in the air and then suddenly they're a wolf there's like some sort of like dusting like where they disassemble and then reassemble (laughs) but it's just like so instantaneous nice yeah yeah different different from what you normally see and i i appreciate that Mm, as well
1: absolutely agreed I i think they still can't do their running fast effects very well that whole chase sequence and the whole chase sequence was there for nothing that was a waste of my damn time um but yeah, I like those, and and I like that this is you know it's so heavily in the sort of PG thirteen, PG rated kind of thing. Oh yeah, they are very definitely werewolves, not werewolves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: There is nary a hint of violence in this, to to the extent that when they're attacking the vampires, the vampires sort of break in ice or yeah, you know, yeah, plaster no of Paris. Blood or yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Hey, let's talk the tent scene. Let's <laughs> okay. come to my last favourite thing, the tent scene. Now, uh, our friend Metzgirl Girl on, on Twitter said, oh, I'm interested to know what Drunker Matthew thinks of the tent scene. I liked the tent scene. I like the, the tent scene for a couple of different reasons. I felt the slightly pervy, but generally kind of, you know, uh, what's the best word for it? Sexual nature of the opening of the tent scene that... He's going to have to lie mm-hmm. down with her and, you know, try to warm her up because her actual boyfriend fiance person can't. Right. Was good. There was good tension in the scene. Um, mm-hmm. I could have dug it for a lot longer, but again, it's going for that PG 13 rated right. 12. You know, we want the 12 year old girls to be able to come and see this. Mm-hmm. Not, not in a mocking way, but that was kind of part of its audience. So.
0: Right, absolutely.
1: But I really liked, and I, this is, I think this is where I'm coming from on the whole thing, I could have dug a lot more of the film being Jacob and Edward talking. If we weren't natural enemies, and you weren't trying to steal my reason for existing, I might actually like you. And just, a li- and this is coming off the back of having done Pride and Prejudice recently, some of that sort of slightly fiery subtext Mm -hmm. to what they're saying rather than it being this big action we're gonna fight and we hate each other because of years of history kind of thing actually just right mm, good dialogue
0: well it's nice to actually have them talking to each other rather than around each other yeah which is what we usually get they talk around Mm -hmm. each other and at bella and here they finally talk to each other they were honest with each other Mm
1: -hmm.
0: there was a grudging respect there yep yeah. I enjoyed that scene as well. Yeah,
1: I really like it. And and again, it almost didn't go on long enough. And and I I don't think I liked that they implied Bella's awake for it. And you know, is oh. pleased that I, I think the fact it keeps going to her face and there's you know, I've said in the past Kristen Davis does not act with her face much. She's very
0: Kristen Stewart.
1: Kristen Stewart, which one's Kristen Davies? That's one from Sex and City, isn't it?
0: Yes. <laughs> that's a very different Twilight film.
1: Um, Kristen Stewart is a very internal actress, actor. Yes. But in that scene, so. I felt like they were trying to give us something that she was kind of listening to them and pleased.
0: Oh, I don't think I picked up on Ma- that. Maybe I was looking for it.
1: Mm. And maybe, maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe I am actually picking up something that's not there, but I could have done without it. I could have done with it just being them coming to an accord and then Mm -hmm. life moves on after it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I would have, I would have enjoyed this a lot more if it was an actual, you know, relationship romance than trying to do. Hey, there's Bryce Dallas Howard. She's back again, although not Bryce Dallas Howard previously. Um, and she's trying to kill us still (laughs) having not succeeded for three films. Cool. 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 Yep. I was segueing so you could rant about Bryce Dallas Howard if you wanted to.
0: Oh, I was going to save that for the end. Okay. I I can absolutely rant about it. I will never, ever forgive Summit Entertainment for replacing Rachel Lefebvre with Bryce Dallas Howard.
1: Why? I can't even remember what Rachel Lefebvre was like.
0: She was better than Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, really? Yes. And having not even had very many speaking lines, Mm. I'm not even sure she had speaking lines in one and two.
1: No. Exactly, but she's just always there. She was
0: better, <laughs> yes, but she was better. Okay, and I love the actress, I do. Right, I love Rachel Levav.
1: Okay,
0: um, and I, she would have been a much better Victoria, especially since in in this movie Victoria was trying to mastermind. Although she was being played by the Volturi, she was playing Riley, so she was kind of masterminding her own plot yeah. to get revenge. Mm. Um, I think it would have. I think it would have been so much better if they hadn't recast. So, yeah, I'll never forgive them for that. Yeah, I don't think... You're still trying to look up who Rachel Lefebvre is. Yeah, I'm
1: not sure I've seen her in anything else.
0: Rachel, Rochelle. I actually think it's Rochelle, not Rachel.
1: You're you're probably right, yes. What have you seen her in?
0: I... In some ways, she's just that girl. But there was... (laughs) There there was a very short-lived television show on last year it was only on for one season before it got canceled and it was called uh presumed innocent i think and she played she was the main character she played an attorney who had been in prison for murdering her best friend and then she ended up she was wrongfully imprisoned and she ended up getting out like 10 years later because they figured it out okay um Or they finally agreed she was innocent or whatever. I don't know. And she became an attorney herself. And she worked for something similar to the Innocence Project. And then there was a... So every episode was about trying to release somebody who was wrongfully imprisoned. And there was a podcast aspect to it. It had lots of Buffy vs. Alums in it. Oh,
1: nice. Okay. (laughs) So,
0: like, there was really nothing about the show that I didn't love. And then they canceled it after, like, 12 episodes. And I was very sad. But, you know... I, just, I like her as an actress, so okay.
1: um, That that's all. Can you tell me what you didn't like about Bryce Dallas Howard, then?
0: Um, Her voice, her face, her... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't no, mean that in the way it sounded. Tell me what you really think. <laughs> mean, I didn't mean that the way it sounded. Not... Bryce Dallas Howard is a very attractive human being. She is, I, you know, I loved her in Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Great, mm-hmm. you know, I do. I like her as an actress generally. Okay. I don't think she was right for this kind of yeah, character. Okay. The the scene where they showed her like being filled with rage. Uh, yes, okay. yes, that exact face you just <laughs> made that our listeners cannot see, like. It was an over-the-top caricature of rage. It wasn't real rage. Like, she could not do what she needed to do. She could not bring the performance necessary to show the level of, like, devastation and rage and grief and revenge that Victoria was looking for. I think Rochelle Lefebvre could have done that.
1: Okay. Do you know why she was replaced? Is there anything to it? Um.
0: There's kind of conflicting stories. Mm. Um, there was an overlap in filming between the project that Rochelle Lefebvre was doing right before this one started filming. Uh, okay. She says it was like a 10-day overlap, and they she says the um, studio wasn't willing to wait for her, and mm. so they recast it. Right. The studio says there were other things happening, that it wasn't just 10 days, and they needed somebody to come in, and blah, blah, blah. So I don't actually know. Mm. But she was very disappointed that they recast. Like she was shocked they recast it and very disappointed. Aww. And yeah, so
1: it happens. That's all. Mm.
0: It happens. Yeah. So that's my least favorite thing okay. about it.
1: What are your favorite things? And I, 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 can you tell me where this comes to you in the four stories? Can you separate them in that way?
0: I think it's the third best movie. I think each movie is subsequently better out than the of last. Five
1: movies out of four movies. Out of five movies. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's five movies. Because Breaking Dawn was split into two. Yeah. But.
1: Um
0: although when we do it, I think we should do it as just one. Okay. I think we shouldn't split it up. Um I still think from the books I like New Moon the best. Okay. Um, for a lot of the reasons that we talked about when we talked about New Moon and just how relatable Bella's character was to me at yep. that time in my yep. life. Fair. Um, but overall, because these four books are one giant story, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's four chapters, not four books.
1: Okay. Yeah, I got it.
0: Um, and so it's hard for me to say one is better than the other When I love the whole thing.
1: Mm.
0: So, although there are parts of Breaking Dawn, I have to be honest, I was disappointed in my, the first time I read Breaking Dawn, I was a little bit disappointed. Oh. Mm -hmm. But then I loved Mm. the movie. Okay. So I think it just took some time for me to process and come back to it right okay because it didn't it didn't go in a direction i expected it to go Mm -hmm. it was a different story than i thought we were getting which is probably gonna i don't know i'm Mm, probably confusing you and now you don't know how to go into breaking dawn but now i love it i do i absolutely love it and i think that the movies are fantastic
1: but okay okay
0: with the exception of some special effects
1: but right fine so what what in this do you particularly like what what stands out for this one that makes you go back to it
0: uh, my very favorite thing in this one is when Bella punches Jacob. Okay. Beca- part of that, I think, is just because it's one of the few instances we see Bella actually stand up for herself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She does so much more in this movie than she has in previous movies. Because mm. in this one, like, you know, she she looked at... You know, she made Edward... When she got pissed off at Edward, she walked away. Yeah. You know, and she's like, don't touch me, leave me alone. She walks away. You know, she chooses to get on the bike with Jacob and go because she's trying to save that friendship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, things like that are things she wouldn't have done in the previous books because Edward didn't want her to and she was trying to please Edward. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, That's right. right.
0: And so she's she has gained more of her own voice and more of her own agency as each movie has come. And I think that was, like, climaxed when she punches Jacob for kissing her. Okay, yeah,
1: right? yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and that's why I really liked it. Like I cheered, even now watching <laughs> it, I cheered. And then I was like, "Oh shit, she broke her hand." But yes, yeah, she punched him. Yeah, violence. You know, so I really, yes. <laughs> not violence, but you know, yeah, no, absolutely, consent, man, consent.
1: Mm. And and he um, keeps saying, "You love me, you love me," and she has never said she loves him. It's never right. happened. So, right? Yeah.
0: Even even when she makes him kiss her, she still never says it.
1: Mm. She's doing it because she thinks people are going to die. Yeah, and and like you say, trying to save the the friendship. The the thing it reminded me, and this is the thing I alluded to earlier, is a comic book called Okay called The Dark Knight Rises, where our hero punches someone he's fighting, and the person then says, "You're lucky I rolled with that punch; otherwise, you'd have broken your jaw." Which is very good of Superman to do that for Batman.
0: Okay, right, right.
1: (laughs) But but that's like that's what that reminded me of because you know
0: right. He should have been it's able con- to see that. It's a concrete wall
1: and he just stands there and yeah. takes it and it hurts her. Like there's an opportunity there for you to but uh, and it, oh you, see, you 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 either play it both ways you either have him do it and actually he's not as much of an ass as they're making him or you have him not do it and you point it out. But yeah. this is trying to do the genre fiction without actually thinking mm-hmm. the, the second thought about it.
0: Right. Mm. Because they I mean they knew what they were doing because they even had Jacob speak up and say why she punched him, mm-hmm. right? Like, when he takes her home, he's like, she punched my face. Why? Because I kissed her. Mm. And then Charlie's like, oh, good for her, right? So, like, he owns it. So, like, I I feel like the movie kind of doesn't really know how to handle that whole situation. No. But it could have been worse. Yeah. I think that's how I feel. It could have been worse, and it's better than it would have been if this has happened in the first movie. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed um, what Jacob said when he was trying to explain to Bella what imprinting is. Hmm. And this is the absolute hopeless romantic in me. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Imprinting on someone is like, like when you see her, everything changes. All of a sudden, it's not gravity holding you to the planet; it's her. Nothing else matters. You would do anything, be anything for her.
0: And that's on it. Just the helpless. Uh, that's
1: that's me. very you. I can see you liking that. Yeah. If, if
0: somebody <laughs> said that to me, like I would just swoon. Aww. But people don't do that in real life, so mm. you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem like the fainting type.
0: <laughs> oh well, that too. <laughs> Um, and the last thing, so I know I've alluded to this a little bit. I mm-hmm. previously made fun of the character of Jasper in both movies one and two. Yeah.
1: Can I, can I ask you here? And is it Jasper that you'd asked me of uh, about? Yep. There was someone you were like, what did you make of him?
0: Mm-hmm. And I it was Jasper. don't
1: think I made anything. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Because in the first two movies, his performance choices were odd. Okay. He was very wooden mm. and very stoic and... Did not feel human at all, which is an odd thing to say when you're talking about vampires, but he didn't feel like <laughs> yeah, a <okay>. person. <laughs> yep. Like, it, he, he felt like a talking mannequin a little bit. <laughs> and the way that he chose to talk was stilted, and it was just weird. Mm. And in this one, it's the same actor, completely different performance, completely different way of portraying the character, and I loved him okay. in this one. Ah. Like, he finally turned into a person. Right. And I liked
1: it. I, I I like the reservedness of the character. Reservation, is, is how reserved the character is. Um, mm-hmm. In that way, I think there is something in it for me that he both looks like, and that portrayal is very like Brainiac Five on Supergirl, who I want to say okay, is yes. Jesse Rath, Jesse something. Mm. Let, let me look I, it up because we remember, need to give yeah. credit where credit's due. Yeah, Jesse Rath, who. The actor looks somewhat like, has a very similar facial structure, and does that very. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk a little bit like I'm a robot. I don't know how to interact with people, Mm.
0: right? And choosing to move, like moving, like you're stiff, like a board, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I think this guy's name is Jackson Rathbone. I think that's his name. He, that's what he did in the first two movies. It was like he couldn't bend right yeah. he couldn't turn his head he moved his body and in this one he was just looser he was more comfortable mm-hmm. i don't know if he if it it was a different is the third movie a third director mm-hmm. maybe the director the direction was different um but i just really appreciated him in this and it really made me start to enjoy him as a character more
1: yeah i i'd like to and and again you could play some of that as he's actually in his element more here
0: yeah beca- maybe because
1: he's doing Combat training And that's what he does mm-hmm. That's where his skill set lies So
0: True And we're also in a place Where he's not trying to Fade into the background mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is what he was doing In the first two Yep You know Be seen and not heard Kind of thing Yeah 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 Maybe Yeah I don't know Just I liked it Alright is there anything else That we need to discuss About the Twilight Saga Eclipse
1: So y- You swoon over the imprinting Yes The proposal
0: Okay. Okay. She's
1: kind of bribing him, blackmailing him to sleep with her. (laughs) Like, I'll marry you. I'll be a good girl, but just, you know, as we're in the house alone, let's do this thing. Um, Uh and he seems to relent and then go, but actually, no, here is how I would court you if we were in the time when I was human. And here is how I would propose to you. And I think it is supposed to be divine and lovely. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like he's just telling her the divine and lovely things. I'm not sure I totally buy it. And I don't think it's necessarily what Bella would want.
0: Oh, it's absolutely not what Bella would right. want. Right. I mean, Bella's not a girly girl. We saw mm. that when she was wearing sneakers with the dress at the dance yeah. in the last episode. And, and right? doing
1: the, the the fixing the bike and the truck. and Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah mm. absolutely. She's not a girly girl. Um, so that's, you know, that's another example of Edward allowing himself to supersede her a little bit, but I absolutely buy that that's what he wants and that's what he would do. Mm. I, I see it as them blackmailing each other.
1: Okay. Mm. They've
0: both given each other ultimatums. He won't turn her unless she marries him. She won't marry him unless they have sex first. They're doing it to each other. Mm. They're made for each other. That's
1: very fair. I feel like the film wants us to think this is a gorgeous proposal and what girl could say no. But I I mean, is that just me expecting that from this sort of romance or?
0: I think that's why they gave him the story to tell of if we weren't in this situation, I would do this grand gesture. Mm -hmm. But the actual proposal itself was marry me so we can do these other things. Yeah.
1: I, yeah the, really. the core of it, it yeah mm. it wasn't
0: romantic <laughs> it's a means to an end yeah it just but the ring's really pretty
1: the ring's fine it's not a traditional yeah the ring. ring's it's not fine. a traditional engagement ring. Yeah, I, that's why yeah.
0: i like it <laughs> i think it's pretty it's not what i would want
1: but. um and i completely meant to earlier call out the director and just give him a credit because this guy directed a number of music videos that i do love so oh, yeah good. good on him he's done several for muse he did basically all of Muse's early. Okay. One's including their cover of Feeling Good, which is one of the great versions of Feeling Good, which is, mm-hmm. you know, Nina Simone's version is amazing. Muse were up there. Um, He did a System of the Down that's awesome. He did uh, just, you know, P.O.D. and Stereophonics and bands that I grew up with that, like, okay, he did that music video from a time when I worked in a shop that showed music videos all the time. So, right. <laughs> it was quite cool okay. seeing him, you know, yeah, well on lad.
0: Speaking of direction, I have a mm. question for you. There was a shot... Um, when the Cullens are standing in the woods in a line waiting for the newborns to show up,
1: Mm -hmm. you remember that's like right
0: before the the battle starts. Yep. They chose to have them stand so that all of the blonde vampires were on one side, (laughs) all of the brunette vampires were on the other, which is not how we normally see them because normally they're coupled up. Yeah. So Mm. Emmett and Rosalie, Jasper and Alice, Carlisle and Esme. Mm -hmm. Like, so usually it, it would be a mix. Do you think they did that on purpose for the visual, or do you think it was just happenstance?
1: The visual did not stand out for me. So I suspect it's happenstance based on the stunt choreography and what they're going to do in the fight. I I suspect that it's more of a production requirement. But I'm interested. Can you send me a shot or stick a shot on Instagram and we can – yeah. So we, we can yeah. see what I'll, people I'll think I'll pull that screen grab yeah, mm. yeah. I'm interested to see
0: it, just, it stood out to me because it felt very much like light and dark yeah but that's not what they're doing with the Cullen family at all no. and so it just it was it, it felt odd
1: mm. interesting but maybe you're
0: right maybe there's a production element to it
1: maybe um, I, I had had a couple of drinks so I might not have picked up on some of the minutiae <laughs> uh, hey hmm. I feel like you said something there that I was going to call back to Esme Esme, it was funny seeing her having seen The Family Stone.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) In the same way when I watched The Family Stone going, I've seen her in something. No idea what.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. But this is just a couple weeks, so. Yeah. Much clearer in your mind. Mm,
1: Absolutely. I feel like Carlisle didn't get much to do in this one. No. Okay. Good. That's all I got is no.
0: I mean, there there there's so many people now, though, that you can't give everybody adequate screen time.
1: No. I mean, you could give some time to michael sheen I was very disappointed not to have him wasn't back. In, yeah, yeah arrow wasn't in this at all yeah. we
0: just heard about him um emmett also virtually got nothing yes he's called arrow a-r-o
1: <laughs> good good let's wrap up the episode <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, if you would like to join the conversation, you can use the hashtag PC Deprived on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing, or you can send us an email to podcast at eloquent gushing.com.
1: Thanks again to Moo Podcasts, to Abby and to Rachel for being our awesome patrons. We love you very, very much. If you want to get a shout out on the show, if you want to help support us on Patreon, we are completely funded by our listeners and backing us gives you access to two bonus shows, early access to this show. It gives you merchandise, stickers, magnets. It gives you discounts on our merch store. You can find out lots more information by visiting patreon.com slash eloquent gushing.
0: And we will be back next week with another episode where we are going to talk about Days of Thunder. Until next time, I'm Mandy Kay.
1: And she broke her hand, punching my face. Pop Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, visit eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at Eloquent gushing.